This is Indianapolis coach, Reggie Wayne, and you're listening to the For the Culture podcast. This is the For the Culture podcast. I'm your host, Luke Diamond, and we are two days away from the 2020 NFL Draft. We're three days away from the Colts' first pick, 34th overall, in the second round of the 2020 draft, which we acquired in a trade last year with the Washington Redskins. And that's what the topic is for today, the Colts' top five trade possibilities in the 2020 draft. And we're going to go from the least likely to the most likely, starting with number five, trading free safety Malik Hooker. Hooker was Ballard's first ever pick in 2017, his first round pick. Malik Cooker out of Ohio State, got off to a fast-started rookie season, had three picks in seven games, then unfortunately a season ended early against the Jacksonville Jaguars when he tore his ACL. But he had three picks in seven games in 2017 his rookie season. He's had four interceptions in 27 games the last two seasons. So he hasn't had that same range. And without that range, without that ball-hawking ability, he's not the player we drafted because he's more of a one-dimensional player. He's more of a free safety center fielder that's going to run around, pick off passes, and he hasn't been that guy the last two years. Now, with that being said, that means I wouldn't be shocked because Chris Ballard is not watching the player that he thought he was coming out of Ohio State. Granted, he was injured, and I think that it's been very difficult for Malik to come back from that torn ACL, and I think that's the reason why he hasn't had the mobility and he hasn't had the range that he once had when he was coming into the league because he's still only 24 years old and just turned 24 this month. So it's not like he's a 34-year-old free safety that doesn't have the range. He's a 24-year-old free safety that doesn't have the range he had when he was 21 when he came to Indianapolis as a rookie in 2017. And it's no secret. So around the league, you're not going to get the value for Malik that you would want to get from a 24-year-old who's a first-round pick just a couple years ago. So I don't think that Malik's actually on the trade block. I don't think the Colts will trade him. I believe that this is a rumor from Michael Lombardi where he was taking a shot in the dark because the Colts came out earlier this week and basically said, we're not giving him the fifth-year option yet. We're still thinking about what we're going to do with that fifth-year option in 2021. And I think Michael Lombardi of The Athletic, who is known to not have the strongest sources and if he's going to say this without it being confirmed by Adam Schefter I'm going to take it with a grain of salt so I believe he's taking a shot in the dark he heard that the Colts are hesitant to give him that fifth year option they're hesitant to sign it and he took a shot in the dark saying that Malik Hooker was on the trade block so is he on the trade block I don't believe so would I be shocked if he is no I think Michael Lombardi could end up being right about this shot in the dark he's taking I just don't think there's any hard evidence. I don't think he has any actual source confirming this. I think he's just kind of throwing it at the wall to see if it'll stick. And at this point, I don't believe there are any legs to this rumor. I think he's just throwing crap at the wall to see if it'll stick. So I do not think Malik Cooker will be traded, but there are knocks on him. He hasn't lived up to the hype. His mobility has decreased over the last couple years, and he is more of a one-dimensional safety. But with all that being said, He's still a big part of this defense. He's still one of our 11 starters on defense. And why create a hole if the compensation doesn't match the value we have for Malik in this defense? So at the moment, I don't think his value will be anywhere close to where the Colts value him on the open market, on the trade block. So I do not see the Colts trading Malik during the draft. Number four, trading Jacoby Brissett. 
This is a tricky one because Cam Newton and Jameis Winston, two quarterbacks who are better than Jacoby, are both still available. The more time that goes by, the less likely it is that they'll get multi-year contracts. So if they're going to sign a one-year deal, but you could give up nothing to get them rather than trading something, trading a pick to get Jacoby, it wouldn't make any sense. So I couldn't imagine a team trading for him as a starter during the draft. There are multiple rookies that will be better than Jacoby, and then there's multiple free agent quarterbacks that are better than Jacoby. So the only way somebody would trade for him is they would trade for him as a backup. If the Colts don't have their backup quarterback in place, I don't see us moving Jacoby during the draft. I think we'll hold on to him. Even if we draft a quarterback, if we don't see the value we want for him, I think we'd end up holding on to him until training camp and then banking on a quarterback around the league getting hurt, a team being desperate and trading for Jacoby out of desperation after James Winston signed somewhere and after Cam Newton signed somewhere. If a team that views themselves as a Super Bowl contender loses their starting quarterback for the month of September or September and the first half of October, and they could bring Jacoby in for six weeks and they feel like they could go 4-2 and two or 3-3 three and three with Jacoby and keep their head above water until their starter gets back, it'd be a good move for a playoff team, a Super Bowl caliber team, to trade a pick to stay in playoff contention for those first four to six weeks with a backup quarterback like Jacoby who you could plug in and you can win games with. You just can't make it a long-term solution. So I think that's the plan with Jacoby. If we trade him, we're going to have to fill that backup role because you don't want to go into a season with a 39-year-old quarterback and no solid backup option. So I think that there's definitely a chance we see Jacoby traded at some point this offseason. During this draft, though, I'm not so sure because the free agent market right now is better than Jacoby, and it's very difficult to trade a guy when there are options out there that you could sign without trading any draft capital to go get. Number three, trading up into the first round. I do not think Ballard is going to trade up unless Jordan Love is his guy. And right now, a lot of the signs are pointing at Jordan Love not being his guy because Chris Ballard came out and said during a Zoom conference last week that he will not reach for a quarterback. We know he has already traded out of the 13th overall pick. So I don't think that he's going to trade up. Plus, we know how much he loves his draft capital. He only has seven picks this year. The last three years, he had 8, 10, and 11. So I don't think he's going to move up. But let's say Jordan Love is his guy. Let's say that Justin Herbert, or there's a quarterback at the end of the first round that he loves. That's his guy. One of those two quarterbacks fall all the way to the late 20s, and you can move up. I think at that point, it's worth moving up. Even if you think they'll be on the board at 34, moving up just those three or four spots to get into the late 20s, early 30s at 30, 31, 32 in the first round is a big difference because you get that fifth-year option with a rookie quarterback, which you wouldn't get 34th overall. Plus, we already know this rookie quarterback is sitting the first year under Phillip Rivers. So you're already getting this quarterback for three years. So if you move up into the end of the first round, you get him for a fourth year because this first year is basically a redshirt season under Phillip Rivers. So I could see the Colts trading up into the first. And three and four might be parlay. Trading up into the first and then trading Jacoby could go hand in hand. You trade up into the first, you're only doing that to get a quarterback. Maybe Jacoby's a part of that trade. Maybe you trade Jacoby to move up into the late first and you don't need to give up a pick. And you give up Jacoby and the 34th to move up three or four spots. And now that team, who views themselves as a Super Bowl caliber team, 
takes on Jacoby as one of the top backups in the league, God forbid something happens to their starter for a couple of weeks, and you pay off a majority of Jacoby's contract to move up. So it'll be basically buying your way into the late first, giving up the 34th pick, and getting your future franchise quarterback plus getting that 50-year option. So I think that is a possibility, but I do not think Ballard is as in the market for one of these quarterbacks as we initially thought. Number two, trading Quincy Wilson, Ballard's second-ever pick in Indianapolis. After picking Malik Hooker in the first round of the 2017 draft, he took Quincy Wilson in the second round, who turns 24 in August. So he's only 23 years old, still extremely young, but he was a healthy scratch seven times last year. That does not look good for Quincy Wilson and his trade value. But what does look good is he was drafted by Chris Ballard, and Ballard hasn't missed often, if ever. Every player Chris Ballard has drafted in the last three years, his three years as general manager of the Indianapolis Colts, is on an active roster right now. So Ballard has not drafted a bust that has completely fizzled out of the league. Every player he's drafted is on a roster somewhere in the National Football League, which is incredible after three years, especially what we saw with Ryan Gregson, drafting guys in the first, second round that were out of the league in two, three years. So every player, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round that Chris Ballard's drafted is on an active roster somewhere in the league. So I think that is a good sign for Quincy Wilson. And then how many corners the Colts have released or traded before getting rid of Quincy Wilson, that have found homes on NFL rosters and found starting jobs. Traded Nate Harrison to the Jets. He was starting games last year for the Jets, and he was drafted in 2017 after Quincy Wilson. So I think between Wilson's age and the fact that he was drafted by such a highly regarded general manager, I think that there will still be a market for him. We won't get much in return, maybe a sixth-round pick, but if you look at the Colts roster right now, if we were to project the 53-man roster, bearing any injuries to the corner position, Kenny Moore, Rocky Yassin, Marvell Tell, TJ Carey, Xavier Rhodes. Five corners. Last year, on our initial 53-man roster at the end of August, we had six corners. We cut Chris Milton September 1st before week one. We went into week one with five corners last year. Right now, we have five corners that are without a doubt, if they stay healthy, ahead of Quincy Wilson on the 53-man roster projected for the end of August. So you parlay that with the fact that Quincy Wilson was a healthy scratch seven times last year. The chances for Wilson to make the 53-man roster in 2020 are not good at all if everybody stays healthy. So I think the Colts are going to look to trade him at some point, whether that be during the draft or in August, or if we, God forbid, have to cut him, I think we'll end up cutting him if there is no market for him. But I think that somebody will take a flyer. I think we could see a sixth-round pick in return for Quincy, and I think that is the most likely player we see the Colts trade on draft night because my number one trade scenario for the Colts is moving back. Whether it's moving back from 34, moving back from 44, moving back anywhere in the draft, we've seen Chris Ballard do it multiple times over the last three years, and I think that we probably see it again at some point. Might not be early second round. It could be anywhere in the draft. I think Ballard at some point in this draft will move back. You look at the Quentin Nelson trade, moving back from three to six, acquiring all those second round picks a few years back in 2018, and then last year trading back from 26 to 46 and getting this year's 34th overall pick 
in return to move back those 20 spots. Plus, we had last year's 34th overall pick from the Quentin Nelson trade two years back in 2018. So last year, we moved back from 26 to 46 and getting the Washington Redskins 2020 second-round pick because last year, Ballard knew the Washington Redskins would suck in 2019. They turned out to be the second-worst team in the league, and now we're drafting second overall in the second round. So last year, we moved back those 20 spots. We're still drafting 34th overall last year because we inherited that pick from the Jets in 2018 in the Quinn Nelson trade, going back from three to six when we acquired all those second-round picks. And then Ballard, last year, early second round, 34th overall, drafts the player that he probably had number one on his big board at 26 in Rocky Asim. So Chris Ballard is an absolute genius when it comes to acquiring more picks, moving around in the draft, moving back, still getting the player he wanted anyway. You go back to 2018, if the Colts were drafting first overall and you weren't allowed to trade back, Quinn Nelson could have very well been the Colts' number one player in the entire draft. At that point, we didn't need a quarterback because we still had luck. And I thought all along Chris Ballard liked Quinn Nelson more than he liked Bradley Chubb. And obviously up until this point, Quinn Nelson's had a much, much better NFL career than Bradley Chubb being a two-time first-team All-Pro, two-time Pro Bowler his first two seasons in the NFL. So Chris Ballard's an absolute genius when it comes to moving around in the draft. He's won or tied every trade he's made, in my opinion. There's been no trade where Chris Ballard has come out on the losing end. That doesn't mean the other team can't also win their half of the trade. But when Chris Ballard makes a trade, the Colts win their half. And that's all you could ask for in a trade. You look at the trade we just made with the 49ers, the Buckner trade. Did the 49ers lose that trade? No. They made a good move. They cleared cap space. They got the 13th overall pick, and maybe they take Kinlaw to replace Buckner. It made sense for the 49ers. But on the cold side, we won our half, and that's all you're trying to do in a trade. So to recap, my top five, number five, trading Malik Hooker. The only reason I even put it on here is because of the rumors. Does Michael Lombardi know what he's talking about? Probably not. But it is a rumor, so I threw it on the list at number five. And if a team comes with an offer that blows Ballard away, I don't think he wants to create another hole. But if somebody were to offer him multiple picks, high picks, value picks in the top 50, multiple second-round picks, a first-round pick, he would consider. Number four, trading Jacoby. Trading Jacoby is probably contingent on what happens, quarterback situation with other teams. I don't think... Jacoby gets traded during this draft. I still think Jacoby most likely gets traded in August if he were to get traded. Number three, trading up to the end of the first round. Ballard has seven picks right now. The last three years, he had eight, 10, and 11. He wants more picks, not less picks. So the more I talk about this, I'm starting to think if he does trade up into the end of the first round, he'll probably try to parlay a player to move up three or four spots and then add Jacoby or add Quincy to move up to the end of the first round because I don't see him giving up picks. If he does give up picks, he's definitely going to try to get some back, and that's where Quincy Wilson, who I think is the most likely player to be traded on the Colts roster, comes into play. I think Quincy has a very good chance of seeing a draft day trade. And then number one, moving back. At any point in the draft, moving back, especially if the Colts do move up at some point. If they move up from 34 to the end of the first round and Ballard has to give up picks to do it and can't parlay Jacoby or Quincy Wilson, he's going to want picks back and then you'll see the Colts move back in other areas of the draft. But if you think about what Chris Ballard's done in his career without first round picks, it's pretty remarkable. Ballard's only had two first round picks. 
He didn't have a first-round pick last year. He's not going to have one this year. Ballard's done most of his damage in the second round. That is his big round. He loves the second round, third round, fourth round, fifth round. A majority of his team has been built in the middle rounds. He's found guys like Anthony Walker in the fifth round. You look at Marlon Mack, and you look at some of the guys that he's found. Obviously, Darius Leonard being a second-round pick all for the last two seasons. So Ballard has done damage in the second round or later. He doesn't have a first-round pick at the moment. I'm not so sure he'll have one this season unless there's a quarterback that he's in love with at the end of the first round. But trading out of that 13th overall pick tells me there isn't a guy that he's going to be in love with at the end of the first round. So I don't think we see Ballard move up on Thursday. I think the Colts' first pick will come on Friday, and I'm not so sure it'll be at 34, especially if receiver's the pick because the receiving class is so deep that I could see Ballard moving back, acquiring a couple extra picks, and still getting a receiver that he values just as good at 34, they're at 44, or somewhere in between if he moves back from 34 to 38 because this is an extremely deep receiver class, and we saw Ballard do it last year. I, honest to God, believe Rock was his guy at 26, still got him at 34, and got a free pick this year out of it, again at 34, in the 2020 draft. So, guys, I'm pumped up. Tomorrow, Jason will be releasing the third annual For the Culture seven-round mock draft. There'll be no trades. No trades in our mock drafts. It's too complicated. We had this podcast today talking about trade scenarios. Jason's third annual seven-round mock will be released tomorrow, and the draft just the day after that on Thursday. Even though the Colts aren't picking Thursday, I'm still pumped up for it. I cannot wait to see what happens with Tua, with his medical history, which receivers are going to fall and will be there on day two for the Colts at 34 and 44. So there are so many things to watch on Thursday to see how it shapes up for the Colts on Friday. I'm pumped up. It's an exciting time of year, especially without basketball on TV, without baseball on TV, without hockey on TV. There's nothing else for us to watch. So this is one of the most highly anticipated NFL drafts of all time. And I'm excited to cover it for you guys with my man Jason Spears. Ton of draft content coming out for you guys over the next couple of days. It's a really fun time for us as Colt fans and for us here on the For the Culture Podcast. <laughs>